All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the episode uh, episode number 97 of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. <clears throat> we are fresh off of week number three and we are transitioning into week number four here. Um, <laughs> that was a little bit more of the uh, fantasy football we all like to uh, be a part of. Uh, finally, some big production from some players uh, that we've, you know, <clears throat> wanted to be doing a lot better than they have. Some guys are still sucking the hind teeth a little bit, but some players are are back in action big time to put up some big numbers here. So uh, we'll get things started by uh, saying hello to the fellas. So um, Zach, what's uh, in this last week? Frick, another good week for you, Zach. I'm, I got to throw a dig at you, man. You're your dynasty team's looking pretty darn good for being uh, one and two. I think you're the second highest point getter in the league. So the way fantasy football goes, but I will give you a tip of the cap. I am genuinely concerned about your team and dynasty, but another good week of fantasy or, uh, or how was it, Zach? Yeah, this week was pretty good. Um, I think I won two out of my three redrafts, uh, lost in both dynasties there, I think. And uh, no, uh, split in dynasties. And uh, continuing to suck there in that little DFS league that you uh, that you have set up there. Literally, I'm one of three guys that are zero and three at this point. Hey, one big like uh, big friend of the show, Brady Wileyman. He's in that DFS league too. <clears throat> he had a big week this week. Not only do you get win top six, but you also won the number one. Went from like I think he was in second last to I think he's in I don't know seventh place or something. So he's in a playoff spot now just by one week. So. That's a that's a fun league. Anything can happen in that one. But last, like literally the last was the last play, second last because I guess they got the touchdown, onside kicked, and then need out. But I got into the points with that uh, two two Atwell touchdown. I needed like one point to get points, but uh, touchdown got me in there, so I'll take that. And Armand, welcome back to the pod. We missed you last week. Had to throw a couple digs at you on the pod on last week there, but uh, it's good to have you back. I was. Uh, How's uh, the last week or so been for you? Oh, it's been good. Uh, seeing as you guys are throwing dig on me, I just want to point out that in that DFS league, I am running the table as of right now, knock on wood. But, uh, yeah. And uh, and I hit a uh, – I figured it out. It was an eight-leg parlay this weekend on the Vikings-Chargers game. And uh, – can't put in a nice little five dollar bet and went home with two hundred and fifty five dollars. So, you know, I'm flying pretty high right now in my fantasy realm. Yeah, love the, this. The crappy thing is though, it's kind of like Zach's dynasty where he's one and two, but like really high scoring is in in the staff league and in another league. I won both my matchups in those leagues, and somehow I went down in the standings just yeah one of those just wake up this morning check the standings the kick to the to the gut there finding out that i went down in the standings yeah speaking of bets there i have to give a quick shout out to the wellsy wages i know we don't put them on the pod but we put it on the podcast platforms on social media big five for six this week he had two parlays on thursday night which was huge uh then on his sunday he was three for four so that's uh you know, those parlays, those are hard to hit. So to go two for two on a Thursday nighter was big. And then obviously three for four on the Sunday, uh, Wellesley wagers come in hot. So I uh, hope you're listening home on the socials and taking some money home this last week. Um, <clears throat> before we get started here, I got a fun story for you boys. So I was at a wedding this Saturday and it was in North Battleford. 
Uh, two of my very good friends got married. I emceed. It was a good time. Got to catch up with some friends and and uh, ended up sitting on the, there's a couch uh, sitting out front of the, and in the lobby and we're sitting having drinks and visiting. Uh, and my and big friend of the show, Robbie Gates, I ended up staying at his place uh, and uh, having a few drinks with him and, and his fiance Jessica Redding. They're both big fans of the pod. So I'm going to give them a little shout out. But we're sitting there talking football, me and Robbie, and kind of BS a little bit. Then all of a sudden, a uh, friend of the show, he uh, he always commented when we used to do the the wager wheel. He used to comment on all the stuff and about how much fun he how much fun it was and paying attention and whatnot. Tanner Craig, guy from North Battleford, guy I played football with growing up and whatnot, buddy of mine. He goes, yeah, still listening, still love the pod. And he was telling me a funny story about uh, his wife. <laughs> he was listening to the pod super loud, and she's like, "Okay, can you like turn that off?" He goes, "No, those are my friends." As he was like listening to the pod, so a little fun story there. It's you know, it's it's fun. We talk football, their buddies and stuff. We always forget that man. There's people out there listening and been betting with us and winning money with us and playing fantasy with us. It's a good time. So thought I'd start the pod with a little fun story there. So uh, getting things going, we will do our 22 fresh quick question of the week. This is week number four. So this is the time of year where you can start making moves uh, based on where your team's at. You know, it could be doing really bad and you got to try and make a move, try and, you know, get off from the 0-3 hump you're on, or maybe you're doing really good and you can buy a guy that's a little hurt, waiting, you know, to hopefully get him back later in the season for, uh, you know, a big finish in the playoffs. And this is a kind of that start of t- starting uh, tilt point where some people are starting to panic a little bit based on how their, uh, how their season started. So the question is, who are some players you are actively looking to trade for based on, you know, the, the, the first, uh, the first three weeks here. So um, maybe we'll start this one with uh, Zach. We'll go with uh, you first. So this one might be a bit of a gamble, but I would be looking at trying to trade for Dallas Goddard uh, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Goddard is somebody who's over the past couple of seasons, has shown to be a, a top six, a top eight tight end in half point and full point PPR leagues. And right now, currently, Goddard is tight end 32 on the season. Um, but looking at the current tight end landscape, there are four players right now that are head and shoulders outscoring the rest of the field. Those are Hawkinson, Laporta, Henry, and Kelsey. Of those four, I have confidence that Hawkinson and Kelsey will continue that pace, not so much for Laporta and Henry. After those four, there's a slew of guys um, between eight, uh, 8.8 points and six points, making up the five through 13 tight ends. Um, but after that, there's really not a whole lot of name value or guys that you have a lot of faith in. Uh, and I'm thinking that look, Goddard rather could be, could be bought for relatively cheap. And he, out of any of those players from that five to 13 range, have a good likelihood of ascending into the top four um, for, for tight end scoring, just with his previous production and the, the potency of that Philadelphia offense. This so, is a fun one. Oh, sorry, Zach. This is a yeah, fun no one because it fits the mold perfectly of like almost what I introduced there. A guy that's underperformed, a guy that we know is good, and a guy that we expect to most likely, you know, make a positive regression here because 
that feel like we talked about last episode, Zach. We talked about so far Philadelphia, you know, trying to find his groove a little bit with the new OC, and we expect to take a step forward. But it's not going to be a huge investment because look at the tight end landscape. It's not like you're going out and buying a a top end wide receiver or a top end RB. The investment is going to be relatively low, but the the payout of that investment could could be massive, especially if it was what we saw with Dallas Goddard kind of down the stretch there before he got hurt. Uh, middle to end last season so i kind of fit them all perfectly um armand who's a name that you're willing to try and pursue here uh following the first three weeks yeah you know i wrote down Brees hall for this one um it's started off pretty crappy i mean the first game wasn't too bad he, he was a f- very efficient in his touches um and it's kind of been crap since then but you got to remember, he's slowly getting reimmersed into this offense. And they also have had a crappy schedule to start the season with Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City next weekend, and then Philly in week six. But then after their bye in week seven, like they got the Giants, the Chargers, Las Vegas, Miami, who like is weak against a run, but very good offensively um houston miami again washington right and like those are are good plus matchups for for running backs and Brees hall is showing that he can be efficient um and so i i think it's it's worth a gamble on on buying him when he's extremely low right now and and getting him for cheap and hopefully having him for your final push at the end of the season here man (laughs) <laughs> I'm just chuckling because I'm looking at her docket and I put four names down hoping that I was going to be able to like narrow it down before we had to start talking about this, but I'm going to rapid fire four of them. And one that like, I think the one that I would, I'm trying like legitimately trying hardest to get right now, but it's like, I think is going to be impossible to get is Jameer Gibbs. That's one where there's some managers that have him. And I'm just looking at his stats so far this past three weeks He's got seven fantasy points, 9.1 fantasy points, and 8.7 fantasy points. And I think there's people that are frustrated that since, you know, Montgomery went down, that his production hasn't gone up. But if you look at the amount of snaps he's participated in and the amount of touches or or targets he got based on those snaps, he's one of the most heavily invested or heavily utilized running backs in the NFL. So if his snaps continue to grow as he gets immersed more, uh, in the NFL and unless as a rookie here um, I'm expecting big things to happen like his his it, it takes one touch for him to house a ball and he has zero touchdowns still so far in the NFL and he's got seven nine and eight fantasy points so I think the ceiling is quite high and you know the fantasy managers what they invested in was a third round pick I don't think people too many people are gonna be happy with getting eight consistent fantasy points with their third or second round running back. So that's a name that I'm definitely kicking tires on. I do think it's going to be a lot more difficult to get him though. Uh, So I did put names like, you know, Mark Anders off a slow start. Maybe there's a panicked uh, tight end manager, difficult to get. But then two ones I think you can maybe actually pursue is Jalen Waddle off the injury. It's concussion. Uh, So maybe, you know, guys that he hasn't producing as highly as obviously guys like Mostert or Tyreek. Um, maybe you can be able to swing something that always hurts. He's underproducing, might be able to get him. But the number one that I think you could actually get is Tyler Lockett. That's a name that I think uh, he had a huge week two. His week one wasn't great. His week three was ho-hum. Uh, so I think you could actually pursue and get him. And I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Tyler Lockett because they got the week five bye. 
and then their stretch following the bye is is pretty juicy. So I'm looking forward to trying to get uh, Tyler Lockett on my roster. Uh, going into uh, heads, insiders and headliners, we'll get a couple going here. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. Okay, so <laughs> thank God not as many as we had uh, the the last week. But uh, just a few to take care of. One, the big one so far this week, uh, Mike Williams, he tore his ACL, so his season is over. Uh, we'll talk about the repercussions of that a little bit in the, maybe in the starts of the week, I guess, a little foreshadowing there. Uh, Derek Carr with a shoulder injury, um, unlikely to play this week. They, they did fear that it was going to be a season-ending injury. Um, those reports have come back negative, but it is very likely that he is still going to miss some time. The this upcoming week is already basically ruling him out as the report came out saying that he is very unlikely to play this week, which would mean it's Jameis Winston time again uh, in New Orleans. Uh, speaking of New Orleans, Alvin Kamara is off of his suspension this upcoming week. So, I mean, I just looked, he's rostered in 92% of the leagues. So it doesn't hurt to put a feeler out there, look around. See if he's available in your league. If he is, well, obviously put a claim in, pick him up. Um, because, well, if you, you get a, a big name like Alvin Kamara for for the price of a waiver claim, uh, that's definitely worth the gamble for sure. And one last one here, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is currently in concussion protocol following the uh, Monday nighter there. Um, or sorry, Sunday nighter. Sorry, my apology. Uh, so something to monitor, obviously, for um, for the Las Vegas Raiders and any weapons you might be uh be wanting to start this upcoming week so uh go right here start... something really unfortunate about oh, the mike ahead. williams uh injury here sorry go ahead armin and and this is a fantasy story here in in the staff league at saint mary here um the mike williams owner traded away mike or traded away jamar chase and raheem mostert and got mike williams and tony pollard for them and then most of the real off, trade Mike Come on. goes down. That's a terrible yeah. trade. That's a terrible <laughs> trade. You, oh. you want to know who it is? It's the same guy that drafted Cooper Cup and uh, and Jonathan Taylor. It was Dave Cito. Yeah. Dave Cito traded for Mike Williams. Yeah. Oh, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to have to text him and razz him up a little bit. That's a bad trade, Dave. It's a bad trade. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go right into our head and studs and duds here. Uh, Armin, well, you you might as well start this one off here. You're talking about uh, one uh, charger wide receiver. Might as well talk about another one. All right. My stud of the week, he helped me hit my big parlay this week because I, I needed 100 yards from him. Instead, he put up 215 on 18 receptions, zero touchdowns, but he did throw one big one through the air. Um, so yeah, Keenan Allen, he's my stud of the week. My, uh, and fun, man, I got funny stories apparently this week. So a buddy of mine, I used back before, like before I was like super into fantasy football, like where I like studied analytics, studied like statistics, stuff like that. And I was like really immersed in it. Or it's just like, I had my one team and I just cheered for that one team. I had Keenan Allen on my team and I was sitting in his basement watching the game with him and his girlfriend. And every time Keenan Allen was on the, or on the field, it's like throw it to Keenan Allen, throw it to Keenan Allen. 
damn it wasn't Keenan Allen throw it to Keenan Allen so he he, th- he texts me he goes man did they ever throw it to Keenan Allen like kind of like that's our inside joke <laughs> we have like 18 receptions or something stupid like that like it was unbelievable yeah, yeah throw it to Keenan Allen that's that's going to be their model for the for probably the next couple of weeks here unfortunately um if, if you're in PPR like Keenan Allen with just his receptions alone outscored a lot of wide receivers this week is that what he actually had was 18 I think it was that high was it not yeah, it was, yeah, it was 18. 18. He had 20 targets, I that's, think. That's unbelievable. Um, speaking of unbelievable, like 18 targets, like that would be incredible. But the most unbelievable, incredible feat that happened was unfortunately in that Dolphins game. So let's talk about Robbie and Jessica, the, the couple that I ended up staying with. So Robbie is a big Denver fan, and Jessica is a huge Miami fan. So we were talking about on the way to the wedding. He was like, I know it's going to be a bad. I know they're going to get smoked. I'm just hoping it's respectable, basically, was the conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, could you imagine them watching that game together on the couch? I would just be feeding it to them. But um, just go with your <laughs> side of the week here, Zach. Yeah. Stop me if you've heard this before, but funny story. <laughs> um, yeah. Wasn't watching that the Dolphin game, obviously. Um, but as the ticker rolled across the bottom of the screen. I was going to text you guys early on and say, Hey, dibs or he mostert for my, for my start of the week. But, uh, turns out he wasn't even the, the number one back in nope. the Miami backfield. Uh, my studs for this week are, are just the Miami backfield in general, uh, Devon, a, a chain, the rookie, and then Raheem mostert, uh, both players put up over 40 fantasy points uh, in half-point PPR leagues. Uh, Devon A-Chain just about surpassed 50 fantasy points. Uh, both players did it through the air and on the ground. Very impressive. Um, now, this is going to be a tricky one for some of those managers that would have had Mostert. Now, you have to contemplate, do you, do you put in a bid for A-Chain? Is it? Whose backfield is it? Who's going to get the touches? Um, interested to see what you guys think. Is it going to be a split backfield or will it go back to Mostert considering just how many points they were up? They gave it to the rookie. Like, like how do we look at this? I, I don't know. Maybe you agree with me, Armin, here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the lead on this one. You tell me if you agree or disagree. I think it's going back to Mostert's backfield. But that being said, I would still put a claim in for A-Chain because we know what the injury problems that Mostert's had in the past. But I do see that maybe A-Chain may get more involved in like maybe third down scenarios or like second and longs because he has that massive explosive capability. I mean, they both are very similar running backs. A-Chain, I, I, is, I believe, uh, I don't know if Tommy had, but I'm pretty positive he's a faster, he's like a quicker running back if I remember from his 40 time. Um, yeah, he's like a four three two forty. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. But I still think that he's going to become more immersed as the season goes on, whether that's because of injury or because you know those just the rookies become more more immersed in the offense. But I I've seen enough from Mostert so far at the start of the season. He's been incredibly good. He had a really really good week two, and then he had obviously an explosive week three. Um, I see maybe it might be like a 70-30 or like an 80-20 until maybe the bye week, which I don't think is until like later, if I remember correctly, from Miami. But I, I wouldn't I would be pushing away from Mostert for any sort of reason or concern, I guess. But I still would be putting a bid in whether I was a Mostert owner or not for A-Chain because I do see that he's an incredibly high upside type player. We've obviously seen it here. But is that kind of the same take you have, Armin, or do you 
Do you disagree? Yeah, I'm pretty close with you on that because, like, as, as a coach, you see Mostert being efficient against the number ones beginning of the game. He's the guy who got you started, right? So you're going to keep rolling with him. He's going to keep playing. He showed that he was efficient. It wasn't like he had a bad game and then A-Chain came in and exploded. It was they both exploded. Um, and A-Chain probably earned himself more reps throughout the week. So he might eat into Mostert's a little bit, but um, and then there's that that injury concern, like you said, with Mostert all the, the big, time. So the big thing too, I think, is Mostert's still going to be the goal line back, which when he gets into the red zone, like at any moment, Tyree could catch a sixty yard pass. At any moment, Waddle could catch a twenty yard and then take sixty yak to the house. But when he gets in the red zone, Mostert has been incredibly efficient this this season. So I think that's another you know feather in the cap for him to to maintain that backfield. Is, is that kind of where you're at, Zach, or are you kind of going back and forth? No, I think I gotta I gotta agree with both of you. Um read or ride, pardon me, the the hot hand there with, with Mostert and and stick with what's been shown. Um because Mostert has been playing ahead of A Chain up until the middle of the half. game there yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. So so fun fun fact here. Let's try and see if you guys figure this out. Where do you without cheating, where do you think right now, based on like half point PPR? you know, RB1, RB2, RB10, RB12, RB15. Where where do you think, based on this production, just from week three and one through three, where do you think Devon A-Chain is right now in half-point PPR scoring in RB rankings? You want to go first, Armin? I think that's got to push him up to like just 50 points, and then he had a few points the weeks before. He's got to be close to top five, so let's Let's put him at five. I would say eleven. Yeah, he's he's number five right now. He's the number five <laughs> running back. Like how how insane is that? He's the number five running back. Like, yeah, pretty much just one game. He had a few points in other games, I think, right? Right. Let's look. He goes Mostert's number one at 79, McCaffrey 66. Walker 56, Pollard 51, then 1851. <laughs> he uh was a inactive week one, week two against the Pats, 0.9 points. Or pardon me, that's in standard. So in half point, 1.4 in week two, and then 49.3. That's bananas. Yeah. yeah. In in week two, he was RB sixty-two. Like that was RB five on the RB five yeah. on the season. <laughs> oh man, that would have been a tough day to be a Bronco fan. I'm just gonna just <laughs> dig that one in a little further. But um, I'm gonna go with my stat of the week here, and this one was a fun one because I've been a little bit concerned. I, I have him in dynasty, and I was really concerned not only with you know the the start week one week two has been great and Myers was incredibly good in week one missed week two because of concussion and he was back and he was really involved as well too but it still was Devontae Adams game uh he had 35.7 fantasy points so uh he had 20 20 targets which like 20 targets is absurd that's like, kind of like the I think that's the same number hey, you said 20 targets for Keenan Allen he didn't bring in 18 but he brought in 13 of them for 172 and two uh so Devontae Adams had a great game was a nice kind of uh, welcome back to fantasy football. Uh, you know, Devonta Adams now a little bit concerned just with Jimmy Garoppolo going to concussion protocol. Uh, is he going to be able to even reciprocate even half of that 
uh, if Garoppolo can't go, but uh, I'm just going to relish in the, in the week three production there. It helped help propel me uh, for a win in that dynasty, which has been nice. So, uh, dud of the week here. Uh, let's go back to Armin. All right. My dud of the week is uh, Hunter Henry. He, uh, like you guys are saying, he's in the top tier so far of tight ends for the season, but this last week he only had two receptions for 17 yards. And this one was just kind of one that burnt me a little bit. And uh, he uh, he was in my dynasty league. I have him and I have Kyle Pitts. And I finally was like, I'll start Hen- Hunter Henry over Kyle Pitts. And then he put up this dud of a game. So, And I lost that game by like point three points. So, And the Joe Burrow interception. Yeah. Well, I felt bad for your arm. And I, uh, I thought, well, speaking of the Joe Burr art, like in that dynasty one, that's, uh, it's a different ball game, but I felt bad for you in that one too. I was going to throw that out there. Speaking of Joe Burrow, Zach, uh, let's, let's hear yours. <laughs> um, this one's been tough. Uh, T Higgins has been off to a less than ideal, uh, start to his season. And that continued in week three. Uh, Higgins was, uh, or he had two receptions on eight targets for 3.1 uh, half-point fantasy points. Um, and kind of like I mentioned last week, the targets or the, the amount of targets have being eight and then the the lack of receptions too is what's worrisome. Um, but still good in the sense that he is getting targeted. It's not like he's being phased out of the offense in any way. Um, just wasn't able to produce on those on the targets that he did get. So T. Higgins, while he did have a rough week, uh, those eight targets are hopefully um, a sign of positive things to come. Hopefully he's healthy too, because didn't he, didn't he win the blue 10 kind of late in that one, Zach? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I think he did. I, I haven't seen any reports that would say that it was like, you know, uh, obviously a major injury or anything of that sort. Maybe it was just too with like cramping of some sort, but I know he, he did go in the blue tent. I'm pretty positive, but yeah, maybe I was imagining that one. I was pretty tired last night watching that ball game. I was getting late, but um, this one sucks, Armin, because I think Zach, quote me if I'm wrong, Zach, didn't you have him in your dead last week too? I think I did. Yeah. So back to back. And this one, I this one I talked about, not necessarily this player, but this offense. And then obviously his quarterback, I said, sound the alarm a little bit here with uh, the way they've been playing. And this one was like, kind of like a get right game. I thought against Houston, uh, very much the opposite Houston kind of wiped the floor with them. And Calvin Ridley back-to-back duds, unfortunately, after, uh, you know, I would say a pretty good, if not really good week one, uh, seven targets, three receptions, 40 yards for five and a half fantasy points. Uh, we had high expectations, especially I know uh, Armin, you're you're a big fan of his, and I was a big fan of his because I was a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. And uh, so far through three weeks, this has been uh, not a great ride. Just with like, I'm I'm just gonna pull it up here. I'm gonna pull it up here. Um, my, uh, no, sorry, it's gonna take time. I was just gonna put up players that where he's based around right now, um, and guys that you'd be more confident. But I'm just sorry, I. I, I canceled the screen, so it's going to take too long to do that. But he um, he might even be, you know, talking about the buy low candidates or, or trade low candidates. He might be a guy, too, to throw, go throw some feelers out. He might be able to snag Calvin Ridley on the cheap based off of two two down weeks. Like, uh, I don't know, there's some guys that 
I've had some big productions that maybe aren't sustainable in comparison to a bounce back from Calvin Ridley, but definitely name that I'd be uh, throwing out there. So um, going into week four, I'm hoping we see as many fantasy points here this week as we did last week. It was, uh, that was a fun ride this last one with some, with some big fantasy productions. But uh, before we get going there, uh, just a quick reminder for those of you at home. Once again, we have signed up with 22 Fresh to be our major sponsor of the 2023 fantasy football season. So uh, going out there, um, I would recommend doing it quick because the fall collection is starting to go fast. But uh, it is, we talk about all the time, really stylish, very comfortable clothing. Uh, they even have the, their, uh, with like, it's like their discount section where they they are blowing out the previous year's stocks. You can get stuff like hoodies and sweatpants for like 10 bucks. Uh, really comfy stuff. But if you're going on the website, use the promo code 306FFB15 and you will receive 15% off on checkouts. So um, transitioning now into our week four, our weekly preview. Um, I don't know how this is possible. I've gone back to back weeks of my start of the week getting zero points, which has been like awful. And I had two other starts in there, which both would have been obviously substantially better than what I had. So I'm looking for a big turnaround, but uh you boys both had uh, decent weeks, not only with the starts, but with the sits as well, too. So we'll uh, continue into our week four, and we'll start things off here with Zach, and maybe I'll piggyback off of Zach's after he after he goes in this one. I actually thought about the guy that you're going to talk about, so uh, great minds here. Uh, but I'm starting Quentin Johnson, wide receiver for the uh, the Chargers, and a lot of this has to do with Mike Williams being out of that lineup. And the type of player that I see Williams being and the type of player that I see Johnson as, um, I think Johnson can replicate the, the the play style and the production that, that Williams would have a lot better than the player that you're going to talk about. Um, so I see there's a chance that he might step into that role a little bit better, not to mention the, the Raiders defense is quite abysmal. So, I would be looking at starting Johnson in a pinch if I needed to. Yeah, I'll just jump right on board. I, I have Joshua Palmer. I just put out on Instagram here, like we're recording Tuesday night. Uh, obviously, this will get dropped Wednesday. So uh, I just put out like minutes ago the uh, pickups of the week, and Josh Palmer was one of them. And he's only 5% owned in leagues. So uh, Quentin Johnson owned in a lot more leagues and has had less involvement than Josh Palmer, which is, you know, a little bit. Uh, I'd say a head scratcher, but 5% owned. There'll be a lot of people that are going after Josh Palmer. Um, he was the number two last year when, when Mike Williams went down. He didn't do a whole much whole bunch with it, but he had you know, those consistent eight, nine, ten point weeks where then maybe it's a touchdown and it's a good week. And uh, like Zach said, the Las Vegas defense made Kenny Pickett look really, really good <laughs> passing the football. So he's doing that. Um, I'm going to go forward and, and I'm going to like the options for, for the, uh, the Los Angeles chargers here. So you, you know what, in, in reality, you could probably start both do both have good weeks unlikely, but it is very likely that one of them is going to have a pretty decent week on top of uh, Keenan Allen as well, too. Like, look at last week, um, last week, the driver trying to go back was a picket and, Friar with got a touchdown. I think he had like 60 yards. Pickett had a decent game. Um, trying to look back. I think Calvin uh Calvin Austin had a decent game. Like these are all um receiving options that <laughs> don't normally have big weeks. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, all three could have a decent production. But 
Uh, Armin's, let's go to your start of the week because this is this is almost an auto start now. Um, what is the you know three times first one time can be lucky, two times can become a habit, or what's the saying here? But I think uh, I think this guy probably won the backfield here. Yeah, and that's that's why I wanted to put him in here is because there's questions leading into the season. I myself was high on the other guy in this backfield and and my my start is DeAndre Swift. Like he he's been super efficient with his touches. That O line is awesome that he's running behind. And even with Kenneth Gainwell healthy, his snap percentage did go down this game with Kenneth Gainwell there. But it was it didn't eat into his touches. Like Kenneth Gainwell barely touched the ball, um, and you didn't really have to worry about him too much. So um, Swift is the guy in that backfield and running behind that O line. It's just a it's a good thing to have, and he is a locked in in your starting lineup every week until something happen something else happens. I think at this point. Yeah, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Um, Zach, this one, this one's so unfortunate, but I, I think it's a no brainer at this point, but, uh, it's so unfortunate because people are going to want to tilt on this one. So let, let's hear your sit of the week. Yeah. Like we kind of mentioned earlier with the Moster a chain conversation, I would be looking at sitting Devon a chain, um, whether you already had him on your roster, most likely on your bench. Or you're going to go out and drop big fab on him uh, in the next day or so. Uh, this probably isn't the matchup that you're looking for um, to start him, considering Mostert is still still playing a lot, still getting a lot of touches, a lot of involvement, both on the ground and through the air. And this is a game where I think there might be some some high scoring and they might actually need to pass the ball a little bit. So A-Chain might be, uh, I guess, played out uh, via game script if they are looking to pass the ball through whether it's Hill or Waddle if he's back or or even Mostert. So I would be looking at sitting A-Chain, all things considered. I'm, I'm, this is what, this is a tough one because it's almost the opposite of yours. Like your player had a huge week but then, you know, he hasn't been predominantly involved and hasn't been that great, and this is a tough matchup, blah, blah, blah. Mine's the opposite. That My previous weeks, my guys were super involved and pretty good, actually really good, and he's the number seven uh, RB on the season. That's Brian Robinson, RB of the Washington Commanders. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put a little bit of a sensor out there. Like, don't just sit him for the sake of sitting him. Like, if you have, like, if you don't have better options, you got to play him and he could still be good, but we're talking about um, a Philadelphia defense that just held on the, on the Monday night, just held Tampa Bay to a total of 41 rushing yards. The Rashad white had 11, 14 carries for 38 yards, Baker one carry for two yards and then Sean Tucker two carries for one yard. So <laughs> no the defense before looked- the rushing running back for the Minnesota Vikings had even less yards. So a defense that can hold the running backs very, very well. And unfortunately in that I, 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 from what I've watched, the offense revolves around the running back for Washington right now. So they might just be stubborn and keep going back to the grind. But um, this is a matchup where I'd be trying to find other options because it's, it, it's not going to be great. Um, and, you know, based off of 
Um, one of the best running defenses in the NFL. Uh, you want to take yours, uh, Armin? Yeah. So uh, my guy is Sky Moore, and he's a guy that he's put together two solid weeks here in a row. Um, and so people might be starting to think, oh, I can start him weekly, or he can be my my flex weekly kind of thing. And um, I'm here to tell you that you you shouldn't start him this week. It, it's not the time. Um, if you look at that Kansas City receiving um, room, like none of them have over 70% of the snap percentage. Sky Moore is not the highest out of those guys either. I think it's Marcus Valdez-Scantling has the highest snap percentage out of all the receivers. Um, and his, his uh, amount of work that he's getting isn't that much. Um, he's just been able to capitalize on the few opportunities that he's been able to get over the last few weeks here. And he's playing against the New York Jets secondary this week, which as much as we laugh about the Jets offense, the Jets still have a good defense. Um, and then you put together also that Kansas City should be up on on uh, on the Jets there and probably won't have to pass the ball as much being in a positive game script. It's just not a good week to to be starting Sky more. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I know he's worth a pickup, but I don't know if he's worth a start this week. So, um, yeah, that's gonna do it here for episode number ninety seven. Uh, we're heading into week number four here. Obviously, stay tuned on socials for Wellesley's wagers. Like I said, coming off a, a huge week this last week. Hopefully, we're you know going to reciprocate that or sorry reproduce that i guess double it up make a wake some more money our already knows what that feels like so we're just going to keep jumping on that bandwagon <laughs> and winning winning some money here so uh on behalf of uh zach armand uh myself uh, as well as lucas who's um you know doing some stuff behind the scenes for us here thanks for listening take care, everybody and uh good luck in week number four